there's never been a more important time to get connected with your local farmers and local ranchers and and people that are growing your food and where your food is coming from because let me tell you right now the system the food system specifically it's going to fucking fail and we need to be connected to where our food is coming from or else we are not going to survive that's a fact and it's really like actually quite terrifying and also liberating to know that the choices that we are making are going to make or break our future and you know either set our future children up for success or ultimate failure welcome to the intent podcast where we have conversations that serve to shift your paradigm I'm your host, Brian Kimson, and today we have on Mary Morrison, who is an incredible woman, a wealth of knowledge, and a feminine powerhouse. And in this episode, we discuss Mary's reasons for transitioning from veganism to an animal-based approach to eating. We talk about regenerative agriculture and the important role that it is going to play and that we all play in our own health the health of the soil, the health of the planet, and ultimately the fate of the human race as we know it in the coming years and the coming decades. We talk about sourcing your food locally and knowing your farmer and your rancher and the importance of that and the importance of animal fats for feminine fertility and so many other things. We also have links in the show notes to the regenerative ranch down here in Southern California that Mary works closely with and you can actually order regeneratively raised meats and other products from them and have it shipped to your door, which is super, super awesome. Highly recommend you take advantage of that link down there. And if you haven't already and you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to it on. That helps immensely to show other curious listeners that this is a podcast worth listening to. So thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate your time, your energy, your attention. And without further ado, let's get right into it. I want to ask you, Mary, just like what's... um... What's been coming up for you recently, maybe over the last week or, or two weeks that has um, like been you know, like, what, what lessons is life giving you right now? Like, what is life? What is life trying to teach you? Okay. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This past week specifically has been overflowing with a lot of transitions for me and a lot of changes and a lot of shifts. And I feel like I'm really being called forth to step fully into my yeses and my nos. And sometimes that can be really hard because with that comes like, okay, well, what am I going to do if I don't do this? Um, especially in terms of like work and finding my alignment. So that's been alive for me. And also just letting go and trusting, like really, really surrendering into the flow of God and the divine and trusting the timeline of my life and knowing that like, I really can't control it, but I can control how I respond to it. So yeah, it's been a roller coaster of emotions this week. And I've 
just been allowing myself to feel whatever I need to feel and allow it to just release and move through me and, and being present with myself, really. Yeah, I've been feeling that energy this week in particular. Um, a lot's been changing as well for me too. And one thing that I've been noticing is my inclining to want to just take action and like start doing more. Um, but what I'm like receiving is, is more of like surrender in these moments um there's a lot of change happening like i said you know i i left my job i'm planning to move to a different location um and i just i've only been down here a month but there's a lot of uh turmoil in my life and you know just being in the practice of surrendering and accepting has been really challenging for me because everything that I've been taught or everything that I believe to be true is like in these moments, you know, take action and start doing more. But mm. since I started like surrendering, I've noticed a lot of things have, I've been attracting instead. And it feels good to just allow that process to happen and, you know, be still in those moments when, my body wants to just squirm, you know, <laughs> find mm -hmm. that, that stillness. I think it, it's a, it's definitely a challenge for me, but I'm in that right now with you. I feel that. I think we're all right there. Acceptance has been like a major theme for like the last two months in my life and just like really rooting in like what's, what's real and like the truth that like everything's perfect. I like, Mm. nothing in life is an accident and to think the opposite or to behave in any way that is in resistance to that truth is just like insane <laughs> it's just like fighting against the flow of life so just mm. seeing how deep i can get into surrender and just letting what is be uh it's been been fun it's been a lot it's been fun <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, a great great challenge um and it's like it's moment to moment right just letting you know whatever's present whatever's coming up internally and externally just be without the need to change it or make it different or make it wrong or mm -hmm. label it mm -hmm. it's really really powerful practice yeah so i feel oh. that for all i feel that for all of us <laughs> yeah. the labels any sort of label in this life can really take us into extremes very, very quickly, which I'm sure we'll continue to discuss on this podcast. But yeah, to be able to fully release labels and just be free from them is so liberating for the soul. Like I've noticed the human really loves to attach itself to like, labels and and timelines and stories and but it's like when we have a bird's eye view of everything it's hilarious because it's like it nothing ever really goes as we plan for but it's always going to go exactly as it needs to yeah it's the, it's the cosmic giggle right when you mm. zoom out it's like it, it all becomes 
so amusing in a way, right? How caught up we get in the minutia. We get caught up in our stories, you know, of how things are supposed to play out and <laughs> get attached to that story. Yeah. And sometimes we subordinate ourselves to other people's values and their projected story onto us. And in many cases, it's our parents, you know, it's, or it's a authority figure in our life that we look up to. And, you know, like I always say, we all have like unique set of values that are fingerprint specific to each one of us as an individual. And so no two values are the same, right? Like even if, you know, for example, I, I, I value my family, what, what that means to me is completely different to someone else. Um, and so when we, we tend to project our values onto other people mm -hmm. and um, if we're not living in our highest values, then we tend to either subordinate to other people's values or project our values onto other people. And I see that play out a lot um, in the stories that we get attached to. And then when we expect things to go a certain way and they don't go that way, we get disappointed. And, you know, I think what you're saying with like letting go, zooming out, removing the labels, not being so sucked into the story, it just allows us that freedom to just breathe mm -hmm. and relax, you know, it's okay. You know, <laughs> you can like that <laughs> at least temporarily, you know, and then you can come back to like being attached mm -hmm. to it, you know, and then, mm -hmm. and learn the lessons through that. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of things that, that can teach us about where our story may be misaligned with what we truly value in our lives and in that relaxation too i think is the opportunity to expand and that's you know what you were saying mary like it feels really good for the soul to like just quit the the labeling or like overcome the need to to label things and make a story and put ourselves in a box because all that labeling is doing is like it's just limiting like the the potential that we are and the energy that we are Ooh. and Gosh, all, all really, really <laughs> important topics to discuss and we'll, we'll for sure cover them. But <laughs> just to give, give everybody listening to this a view and perspective on, on the incredible, powerful woman whose voice they're listening to, um, I would love to just hand the mic over to you to intro yourself a little bit well first of all just thank you so much for having me on I'm so grateful for people following their highest paths and missions and ah, oh, just yeah like really evolving into that it's so exciting so just really honored to be here sharing space and conversation with you it's going to be a really profound conversation um and yeah, for everyone listening, my name is Mary Morrison, and oh man, I 
have been walking the health path for a very long time, which I will dive into, but that's really how I got connected with Brian and even CJ. And originally it was just through Instagram, which is so amazing because though these platforms can be toxic, it's all about the intention and our why behind how we're using them and how we're showing up on the platforms and energy does not lie. And so even though I've never, I had never met you two in person, I felt the golden rays emanating from you. And I was like, Oh, this is my soul fam. And then we all just had a gathering the other night and just coming together and feeling what's transpiring between all of us and um, how much we all really care about our bodies and the earth and each other and community that's what it's all about. So um, yeah, as of right now, I live in San Diego and this place has expanded me beyond. It's been such a hub for me to explore, you know, different realms of myself and grow beyond what I could have imagined I would grow into. Um, I am currently a private chef. So I have you know, definitely evolved in my chefing from a once vegan chef to a now more ancestral based chef. And I also work for an incredible regenerative cattle ranch here in San Diego County called Perennial Pastures Ranch. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm at this place in my life where everything's coming into alignment and I really know where I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be connecting with and anything past that I can just let go of and release because I really trust that my mission here is a clear and strong one and it's not one that everyone is going to understand but I'm really just continuing to find myself and unravel you know who I am and who I'm meant to be in this world so yeah I am very strongly opinionated woman but I'm also very open-minded which has come just more in the recent like two years so finding the balance between you know the earth and the spirit realms and I love you know staying rooted and grounded in the the primal principles and also being able to open my mind to the higher power that really governs all of us so, um, yeah, I just am I'm so happy and grateful and blessed to be alive as Mary in this body, in this healthy body. Thank you, body. Thank you, earth. Oh, thank you to all of the elements for keeping us alive. Thank you to the, the internet for bringing us together. Just so, 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 so grateful to be here. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've um, always admired about you and something that I noticed like right off when we um, had first connected um, over the internet. Um, God bless Instagram for all of the amazing people that it has brought into my life and, and all of our lives and the amount of connection that it that it fosters. But like you're you're just living your life unapologetically. And I absolutely love that because authenticity is something that while a lot of people embody that nowadays and you do see that on social media, but there's also a lot of just fronting um, fakeness and people just, I mean, obviously Instagram is well known for just being the highlight reel of people's lives. And that's, that can be very, very toxic in a lot of ways, especially when, you know, if you aren't using these um, technologies with intention um, 
I mean, all that being said, you know, when I, when I first met you, I, I believe you were, you were vegan, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I want to dive in um, a little bit there because CJ and I both have um, storied pasts with, you know, living a, a vegan lifestyle, plant-based lifestyle. And we're both now, you know, have, we've both moved into a more an- ancestral approach to eating and really paying attention to, um, you know, the quality of, of the foods that we're eating as far as not, not just, you know, organic and everything like that, not just, you know, what's on our plate, but taking it to, to a farm level, like, where is it coming from? How is the, how is the land being cultivated that is used to grow the plants that we're eating and the um, animals, the livestock that we are consuming and, and up upcycling that, that life force energy. So I would love to hear because you're, you're, you're in it. Like you're working with perennial pastures, you're working on the ranch, you're working close with them, and you're you're getting deep into the regenerative agriculture movement. And I'm all about that. I 100% love that. So I would love to for you to just like take it back to the vegan days and plant based days for you, and give people just an idea of like what somebody um, who's been on both sides of of the coin mm. show people what that looks like. Hmm. Oh, well, I will start off with saying I am so grateful <laughs> to not be vegan anymore. And if anyone's listening to this that feels offended by that, I I invite you to really just listen to this and listen to what we are going to share about and speak on with an open heart um, and an open mind because the thing is, is that no one has it all figured out. and We're really all just learning together and we're here to just like help each other grow. So um, with that being said, I actually, I mean, you know, I grew up in like a traditional household where I was like eating cereal and bagels. I was a really picky eater and uh, I'll go into, you know, more of my journey with my body as we move forward. But in terms of veganism, um, I had actually been, I was in a, I was in a period of my life where I was like a major gym rat and I was eating like foster farms, frozen chicken breast. <laughs> like it's as bad as it gets. Okay. Foster farms, chicken, brown rice, broccoli, you know, the whole thing. And I remember I was just starting to experience a lot of like pains in my body, a lot of stomach issues. And of course, like primarily what I was consuming was not actually meat. It was hormones and antibiotics and water, pesticide filled water, meat. So um, with that being said, I started going on YouTube and I was seeing so many people convert to veganism. And these were women that were like so bright and cheery and had tons of energy, which is what a lot of people will find right as they're transitioning into any type of diet, whether that's veganism, whether that's carnivore, whether that's keto, because ultimately you're cutting out, you're starting to cut out all of the toxic shit that you had once been consuming. So anytime you're going to dive into like an elimination diet, which veganism absolutely is an elimination diet, you're you're going to have a period where it's like you're on a high, but then your body will start to plummet because it's actually truly not receiving what it needs. 
Um, and that can be dangerous, you know, in the realms of these, these fad diets. So I was like, you know what, I want to feel like those girls, I want to look like those girls, I want to feel like high energy, I don't want to, I don't want to be experiencing pain in my body anymore. And so I, when I dive in, like I dive all in to whatever it is I'm doing. And uh, yeah, it's safe to say I dove very deep into the veganism path for about five or six years. And um, I'm grateful to say that I was always a whole food vegan. So I wasn't eating like plant-based, you know, mock meats or anything. Thank God. Um, For anyone who's listening to this, if you are consuming Beyond Burgers or Impossible Burgers or any type of food that is imitating meat, just stop. Like, it's like you can be vegan and and do it in a good way, but that's not a good way. So, you know, it's like we have to look at the macro of all of these things. And um, through my veganism journey, I will say it really, really illuminated where my food was coming from, because up until that point, I wasn't conscious of, of where I was buying my food. And um, I had actually moved to San Diego about two years into my veganism journey, and I was deep on the yogic path. And um, I actually took a six week regenerative farm school program at a farm here in San Diego County. And wow, did it open my eyes. I mean, we were out on the fields every single weekend and then we were doing lectures, you know, about compost and soil health and microbes. And, um, you know, the head farmer is probably in his sixties now. And, um, he really just highlighted the fact that so many young people are so disconnected from their food and we need to get back to the ways of growing our own food and knowing where our food is coming from and getting connected to local farmers. And though I was still very extreme on the veganism path, he did open my eyes to the fact that having animals on the land and and eating animals is actually crucial for the land and crucial for our bodies to a certain extent. So that moment was like, oh, okay, like maybe I shouldn't be demonizing this stuff as much as I have been um, because I just started to really understand like the that the more biodiversity the earth has and our bodies have, the more the earth is going to thrive. And that's ultimately one of my main reasons for being vegan was for the planet. And there are all these um, stories being told, you know, the narratives that the mainstream are spewing to everyone is like, oh, go vegan. It's going to help the planet. But the other dark side of that is that we're not being shown the whole entire picture on veganism and the monocropping that's happening and the heavily spraying of pesticides and fungicides and things that are literally leaching minerals from our soil. So it's like, yeah, maybe you could do maybe you could be on a vegan diet successfully if all of that wasn't happening. And it was back in the day where nothing was being sprayed and our soil actually still had, you know, retained minerals in it, but that's not where we're at now. And so I actually, and this is so, so beautiful that we're on this podcast because it was actually a podcast that I listened to. It was um, Aubrey Marcus and uh, Paul Saladino, carnivore MD. It was like two and a half hours long on why I only eat meat. And I don't know why I was still very extreme vegan, but 
something just told me to listen to it. Obviously God, like literally being divinely guided because I wasn't feeling good at this point. Like I was trying to tell myself I felt good, but I was really low energy all the time. And I was really struggling with my hormones in terms of like having acne and just being the one thing I'll say about being vegan was like, I was so hangry all the time. My body was so desperate for actual nutrients, like bioavailable nutrients. That I was a fucking mess, like mean and a, like abusive to my partners. And it was bad and like abusive ultimately to myself. Like I would get really frustrated easily. And so I was finally able to just slow down and tune in. And I, then I heard this podcast and it was just like, it changed everything for me. I was like, oh my God, anti-nutrients, lectins, oxalates. Oh shit. Plants don't want to be eaten. <laughs> like It was just so eye-opening um, that I really just continued to research. And then that was like, I just skyrocketed after that. Yeah. That's so similar to my experience with veganism. Um, there's, a lot of lessons that were learned through that, that experience. And like you said, like in the beginning phase of going vegan, there's so much benefit to that, right? Cause you're cutting out so much processed foods. You're becoming more intentional with your food choices. Now you're having to either make either, you know, find options that work or make food at home. And if you want to actually do it right, like you have to educate yourself and you have to find what works and what doesn't. And, you know, a lot of people are doing the vegan thing, like totally wrong, still eating a ton of processed foods, like, you know, technically Oreos are vegan, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if you continue this diet over time, the general trend is your carbohydrates go way up. Mm -hmm. And when, when you're eating, foods that are super high in carbohydrates all the time, it's going to raise your insulin. And over time, your body becomes more efficient at burning carbohydrates and less efficient at burning fat. And so you require carbohydrates for energy primarily. But if you look at the human body, we store a lot of fat. And if our insulin is high, our bodies aren't able to switch into burning ketones for energy. And so then we're not able to tap into our fat stores. And so this is what happens when people who are primary, primarily carbohydrate burners go on a fast, on an extended fast, their bodies go into what's called keto flu, where they feel like, like shit. And, and what this does is it, it makes it so that your body's having to relearn how to use fat for energy. Mm. And over time, when we're eating so many, so many meals that are high in carbohydrates and we're spiking our insulin and our insulin is just systemically high, we, we start to go into a state of prediabetes or insulin resistance. And this is why so many people have gut issues. So many people um, are not are having issues with losing weight, right? Like in the beginning phase, they lost a ton of weight and they felt great. And now their energy is low and they're not able to sustain it unless they keep feeding and keep eating carbohydrates. And so mm. I was experiencing that too, Mary, where, you know, I was in a relationship 
and we were getting into arguments all the time because you know my blood glucose would go up and then crash and then I would be all moody and then unless I had another meal because my body wasn't able to tap into its own fat stores and use that as energy I was like hangry all the time <laughs> people didn't want to be around me and then I'm like shoving my <laughs> down people's throats and it was like dude what like this is not who I am this is not reflecting my highest self in any 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 capacity so yeah I mean I can go on and on down that story but I think it's important that we take a step back get a bird's eye view see if this is actually really working for us and and go from there you know and keep an open mind always be be making adjustments that we need in order to regain balance because life is a dynamic relationship it's never like okay found the diet we're done mm. it's like there's there's so many different things that we can tweak on a daily basis and if we're listening to our body it's telling us all the time it's like there's no one diet you should be eating all year round you know like ancestrally we ate seasonally and that's not to say that we have to be eating ancestral but it's more like tuning in tuning into nature, tuning into your environment, tuning into your body, tuning into your lifestyle, that's going to create more homeostasis in your life. It's really just being present, right? Like being connected to your body, paying attention to your body, right? Like noticing. So Mary, you know, you, you listened to that podcast episode with Aubrey Marcus and Paul Saladino and like you were provided with all of these new perspectives and ideas that you'd never really considered before did you start experimenting with like eggs and some like chicken and like lean lean cuts of meat and stuff like that here and there or did you just like cold turkey be like yo this is not the way and and just stop um <laughs> being plant-based altogether what was the journey there mm -hmm. um yeah. So with that one, it definitely did take me a little bit of time to adjust. Like I, I definitely didn't dive as deep, as quick as I did with veganism because I had so many stories around how bad all the animal products were for me. And it was to the point where, yeah, the man I was dating actually, when we met, um, <laughs> he was not vegan and I was like well you gotta go vegan or like it ain't gonna work and he was feel like he, he did it he did it you know but he was not feeling good and he'd be like hey like I ate some eggs and I was like lose my shit on him so it was just like wow and, and I'll, I'll say a really interesting fact right now is that um a lot of uh like cults you know religious cults a lot of them are following vegetarian diets and the reason for that is the human brain is much easier to manipulate on a vegan or vegetarian diet which makes sense because we're actually not receiving you know the healthy fats for our brains that that help us differentiate and discern between true and factual information and you know regurgitated uh propaganda so um, yeah, with that being said, I had all the stories and, um, I remember I had gotten some eggs and I had tried those and I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm I could do this. And then, um, 
I was actually with a, a dear friend who was like, Mary, I have this amazing Amish lamb and I'm going to make some meatballs and I would love for you to try some. And I was like, oh man, like, I don't know about that. Um, and he cooked them and they smelled amazing. And like, I went to go take a bite and I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, can't do it. Like I probably did that like 10 times before the meat actually got into my mouth because I was like so freaked out like what's gonna happen am I gonna have like explosive you know like (laughs) diarrhea like I just didn't know but the thing is that my gut wasn't doing good as is like so I was like you know what I'm fucking willing to try anything at this point I'm not even kidding guys like I was probably farting like (laughs) 200 to 300 times a day on a vegan diet many such like, cases so fucked up <laughs> like oh my god and I wasn't the only one like all my roommates were vegan we'd all be like we'd eat like three bowls of the meals that we were eating because yeah they were only carbs and we weren't feeling actually satiated and then we'd be like bloated and gassy and I'm like this is not working so I finally put the lamb in my mouth and it was like like hallelujah like just like my whole body all of myself every single taste bud was just like full body yes full body yes and blessed be like the source of this lamb that I was consuming was from the Amish and these people have been growing their own food and tending to their animals in such a good integral way for so many generations and so it's like I really felt the love and the care and how high quality the meat was. And then after that, I hit the ground running. I was like hitting up my local farmer's markets and I was like, where can I get, you know, wild caught fish and where can I get high quality meat? And um, I tried chicken and I was like, nope, like don't want this. And then I tried red meat, like specifically like grass fed, grass finished beef. And it was like my body just uh, absorbed it so well. And within... I would say within one month, all of the acne that I was experiencing cleared up. I was not farting anymore. I was like just fucking skyrocketing energy levels. And that was all I needed. Like, because like you said, Brian, like the body really does know. And all we have to do is really be able to tune into our own bodies and my entire Instagram platform was built pretty much on veganism, which was huge for me. Cause I was like, damn, like I want to come out and share this experience, but I feel like I'm going to receive a lot of hate from it, which the vegan community is, can be very, very hateful and spiteful. And, um, and even all my friends were still vegan. And I was just like, I remember being really nervous to tell them that I was feeling amazing eating animal products. But now let me tell you almost Every single friend, especially my girlfriends, have been like, Mary, what are you doing? What are you eating? You look amazing. You feel amazing. And I got them onto the ancestral diet and they're like, we can't go back. Like we literally owe our lives to you. Thank you for showing us the way yet again, which is incredible. Like you, you've been a personal chef too for a while now. So like you've been like eating good, exploring with food for like a long time right? So like, what does like, what is your diet looking like right now? 
Yeah. Um, I eat very simply and I, um, yeah, you know, on a daily basis, like I would say I, because I work for the ranch here, I eat our beef probably five or six times a week. So all of the, um, you know, misinformation about red meat is based on meat that's coming from factory farm animals, you know, that are eating grain. So of course that's not going to be good for us. But when you are consuming food that has come straight from an amazing source, it's going to be beneficial for your body, whether that's meat or whether that's vegetables or whether that's fruits. So I try to get most of my food from the farmer's market. If not, I, we're really blessed here in San Diego to have amazing co-ops and natural grocery stores where they carry amazing high quality foods. So um, I drink a ton of raw milk, really amazing, 100% grass fed raw milk. Um, I do try to get, you know, raw milk from Jersey cows if possible. And for me personally, so here's the thing, and I, I think it's important to highlight is that there are some people that really are not going to do well on a vegan diet and they're really not going to do well on an animal-based diet. And when we say ancestral eating, I do believe it's important to look at where our people are coming from and what they were eating. So for me, like I have a lot of Irish blood in me and the Irish primarily survived on all different types of dairy and red meat. So I do well with dairy, even if it's pasteurized dairy, which I don't really consume that much of, like I've never had a problem with it because that's what my people have been eating for thousands and thousands of years. So like raw milk, raw cheese, absolutely love it. I try to stay away from pasteurized um, cheeses when possible. Um, you know, if you, if you're listening to this and you live in a state where raw milk is illegal, there are some loopholes around this. And I have a lot of information about that on my Instagram. So we can link all of that in after this podcast, but lots of raw milk. Um, I do a lot of like organ meat, ground beef blends. So, you know, ground beef with liver and heart in it. Um, I will occasionally do like raw liver cut up. I think that the organ meats are really, really nutritious. And especially if someone is coming off of a vegan diet, they're one of the things I would say are crucial to implement into your diet because they are so loaded with many, many nutrients that will absorb right into the body and like really give you some superpowers quick. Um, And I eat fruit, like pretty much every type of fruit. I don't discriminate. I don't really eat like genetically modified fruits. So I don't really buy bananas anymore. Like I'll eat bananas if I'm in a tropical place, but I stay away from fruits that are available all year round, like bananas, like apples, because the thing is, is that those things aren't growing year round here in San Diego. And so I want to eat as local as possible for that reason, because it's going to yield the most nutrients. So I love seasonal fruits, um, raw honey, maple syrup. I do some really amazing like white organic jasmine rice, bone broth, homemade bone broth, lots of good roasts. Um, I honestly don't really eat like uh, poultry that much like chicken or turkey it just really doesn't 
it doesn't do much for me. And like my body kind of rejects it. Um, but occasionally, like if I can find a pasture-raised chicken, I'll eat it. Um, eggs are great, you know, like really simple. I, I just do simple meals, avocados, healthy fats, balanced meals. And now at this point, obviously my meals aren't carbohydrate uh, dense. You know, I have a, a small portion of carbohydrates in each meal because that's important to have a balance of, you know, the, the macros, but protein, like protein has changed my life and I don't eat too much of it. I don't eat too little of it. It's just like really tuning into my body and being like, what do you need right now? Instead of like being regimented, counting macros, like none of that has to exist here. Like we can really just be in the body and listen to it. Yeah, honestly, the protein thing is so important. Something that I've implemented with all of my clients that I work with, whether it's fitness or health related or like complete holistic lifestyle training, all of my clients, when I increase their protein, they're like, for the most part, they're hesitant. They're worried about, oh, am I going to get kidney disease? And, you know, is this too much protein? And I'm like, set the beliefs aside and just trust me on this. Increase your protein per meal. You're going to be more satiated. You're going to have more energy and you're going to feel great. And I've gotten numerous emails and messages from all of them saying, dude, the protein thing has been such a game changer for me. My mood has changed my energy level, my cognitive function. Like there's my ability to build muscle like we don't realize how much our body needs protein and it's not just for like our structures but it's also like for energy it's also for mental function it's also for hair production and fertility and uh just being able to recover from our daily stresses you know and and one thing that i tell my clients too is that the number one lever you have against stress is food and, you know, getting good quality food is of utmost importance. That's one thing that you can do to drastically improve your health. And so if you're listening to this and you're getting less than 0.8 grams per pound of body weight of protein per day, I suggest you get at least that level, if not one to 1.2 grams of pound or grams of protein per pound of body weight and you will see a big difference if if you do that in combination with strength training you're you're gonna be a completely different person within two to three months time I guarantee you <laughs> but yeah it's it's really what what has transformed my life and helped me in hindsight looking back on my vegan diet uh, realized that I was grossly undercutting the amount of protein that my body needed and when, when I started getting that back in, my body was just filling back out. I was looking a lot healthier. My skin was looking great. And yeah, it's just that and, and the good quality fats was a game changer. Yeah. And I think those like, those are like two things that have changed the most with my, um, like eating philosophy in, in recent months or, you know, maybe over the last, um, like year in general, is like my my grocery list and and your your shopping list mary probably look like damn near identical 
And I've started to eat a hell of a lot more protein to prioritize that protein. Um, my body does really well on both carbs, fats, um, and just like when I have enough protein, like I can, I can tell, like I, there is a noticeable difference in my energy levels, in my ability to put forth effort in um, my physical practices, um, mm. like a, a noticeable difference when I am eating enough protein and when I am not. And I think it's really important to just like share with people like what you know what your what your diet looks like because everybody's searching for this like yo like is it keto or is it paleo or is it you know the mediterranean diet or you know everybody's looking for that like one-stop shop and you know that's probably that's one of the main questions i get from people when they look at me and they're like oh like you look like really healthy like what do you like what do you eat? That's like the first, one of the first questions that pops into people's head, which is great. Like people obviously aren't like, Oh yeah, it's all exercise or, Oh yeah, it's all this or, Oh yeah. Like it's great that people's perspectives are like, okay, cool. I need to start with like the nutrition that I'm putting in my body. And like, that's what you just said, basically like, you know, um, grass fed, grass finished meats, high quality lean proteins, um, wild caught fish sometimes, um rices seasonal fruits all that stuff like it's very simple and i feel like in in recent years my eating philosophy has become to just eat as simply as possible as few ingredients as possible your food should be the ingredient like that's what you should be eating you should be eating the ingredient of the food that you are eating <laughs> like if you're eating if you're eating an orange the ingredient should be orange and, and mm -hmm. nothing and nothing else, right? <laughs> Whereas like you go and get um, Tropicana OJ and you've got like ascorbic acid that's mm. you know likely not whole food vitamin C and you've got orange and cane sugar and you know all of these other, you know, these Frankenstein type foods and chemicals that your body is then going to have to work extremely hard to process out and mm -hmm it's also subpar nutrition to begin with. So you're not fueling your body properly and giving it the proper building blocks that needs to be strong, to be healthy and to be vital. But you're also adding this toxic load to it that it then has to work really, really hard to, to mm. push out. So I'm like really grateful for, you know, where I'm at and feel very happy with where I've gotten to with my mindset around food and how I approach it. Um, and I'd like to flip that back to you, Mary, like how has obviously like you, like your journey with food and, and your body has been a transcendent one or an, an ascending, a, a journey of ascension um, from what I've seen. And I would love to just hear your perspectives on just like how you, um, how you now like approach food and uh, maybe how that, that approach is influenced by how you view your body as well mm. your relationship to your body mm -hmm. beautiful yeah um i mean i can so relate to everything you both are saying and it's so beautiful that we've all gone to like the extremes of both sides and now we're like okay like here we are and we can eat ice cream sometimes you know like it's that's the one thing that i found is like I was now being more animal based, you would think that it was another extreme that I was living in, but I'm actually the most balanced I've ever been because I'm actually nourished and I'm actually looking at 
food as a way to fuel myself and nourish myself and take care of myself. So, um, you know, I have been in the fitness world for a long time and, you know, I, I was 6% body fat for two years before going vegan. And then I went vegan and I leaned out and then, yeah, gained weight and was just like bloated and like holding, like, I look back on photos from when I was vegan. And even though like, I've, I've never been like overweight, I was definitely holding a lot of inflammation in my face and in my, like in my belly and in my thighs. Like, um, so that's one thing I've noticed since going animal based is like, I'm really finding the structure of my full body as a woman. And as a woman, I know that I need to be eating fats, specifically fats and really high quality proteins for fertility. Um, And with that being said, it's like when I get to eat that way, I get to look amazing too, because everything I'm eating is fucking amazing quality and, you know, pure and clean and nutrient dense. Um, And then, you know, keeping a balance between like working out and and tuning into my body when it doesn't want to work out and doing lighter things. But the thing is, is like eating animal based, it doesn't really matter how hard I'm working out or if I'm working out at all because the diet is on point and it's, it's filled with a ton of nutrients. So my body's just going to know what to do with those. And it's not going to really hold on to extra weight. It's going to continue doing what it needs to do to burn the extra calories and, um, you know, stay balanced. So I would say I am the most in shape I've ever been. And I'm also the most balanced I've ever been with the gym. Like I don't, I don't sweat it if I don't make it to the gym for an entire week anymore, because I don't need to because my body is functioning at such a high level with how I'm eating. Um, And yeah, like I'm just pretty effortlessly lean right now and like fit and toned and really strong. Um, My sleep is amazing, which also has so much to do with like our, our composition, our body composition and, and our fat stores and all of these things. So overall just feeling fucking badass like a warrior queen for real and I could not say that when I was on a vegan diet I was like fucking weak and brittle and like bruising all the time and now I'm just like damn I get up I'm feeling good like my menstrual cycle is amazing my skin's amazing my hair is obviously like thriving so it's it goes to show you know how far a diet can take you Right. And that's something you don't learn unless you experiment with your body and find out, you know, what works and what doesn't. And if we're just relying on, you know, external guidelines, like, you know, the dietary guidelines or, you know, just some fad diet, like a weight, weight watchers or, you know, and we're not taking agency over what we put into our own body, you know, then how can we have that control over you know, how we're feeling and our hormones and understanding that relationship, you know, I I think the, again, like for all of our women listeners, it's important to understand that we need good fats. We need these fats to create the hormones that keep our body in balance, you know, and fat soluble vitamins are found in things like butter, ghee, tallow, animal fats, You know, and if you look at most of the plant oils, 
these are completely devoid of these fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A, D, E, and K. And the thing is, is like when we're deficient in those vitamins, our body becomes deficient and we show signs of that. And Weston A. Price showed this where, you know, he would go to tribes all across the world and, and they would have amazing teeth. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, they didn't have like the technology that we have. And he was like, what was it? And he mm -hmm. found that it was these fat soluble vitamins that was giving them such strong bones and such vibrant, healthy teeth, you know? And, and I noticed that when I was vegan, I was like, my teeth were starting to yellow. I felt like my body was getting more frail. I wasn't able to deadlift as much as I could, you know? And, and once I got these fat soluble vitamins back in, even just with ghee, or with like the retinol from, you know, eggs and egg yolks, mm -hmm. my body just drank it up. And I was like, whoa, I just like noticed immediately. And that was like a profound moment for me was seeing how my body responded to reintroducing some of these foods back in like eggs. And, you know, that was like, okay, there's something here, right? Like I need to like set my beliefs aside, be able to update, you know, my, my current theories and make a change, you know, and I think we have to be willing to do that um, in order to re regain balance and homeostasis in our life. You know, if our current theories aren't working, you know, what, what is it going to take in order for us to change? Um, so I, I think that that message is important for everybody that's listening. Um, if you want to balance your hormonal health, you can't ignore the fats and don't believe the story that, you know, saturated fat is bad, right? Mm -hmm. There's, we can go on and on down that story, but again, just listen to your body. It's going to lead you in the right direction. If you know how to really listen to it. Um, sometimes listening to your body is just listening to your desires for, for many people. Right. And I think that's the wrong way to do it. Right. When we, get these blood glucose spikes and crashes and then our body's craving sugar. That's not truly listening to your body, right? That's listening to your cravings and your desires. So being able to discern the two is also very important. And I think there's you know, like a loss of personal power almost that comes with like subscribing to either uh, religious ideologies or dietary ideologies and dogmatism. It's like, this is the right way. This is the right way. You need to be doing this if you want to be healthy, et cetera, and be, you know, a positive impact on the planet. And so many people that, you know, I mean, God bless their souls, you know, well-intentioned with a lot of things. That's how I got into veganism. I was like, yeah, like for the, for the animals, I was very much on it, like a spiritual and like Buddhist path at that point. And I was like, yeah, peace and peace and love and um, like well-being and goodwill to all beings, right? Like I don't, mm -hmm. don't want to cause any harm, especially with, you know, all of the um, media that was that was going around online. It seemed mm -hmm. at that time it was just like nonstop. And maybe that was just in the social sphere that I was in where I was seeing all of these videos of, you know, slaughterhouses and farms mm -hmm. where animals were being like just ruthlessly beaten and things like that, mm -hmm. that like really drove me to that. And you know, I think a lot of people get stuck in this, you know, identity with like, this is how I have to, like, this is, this is how it has to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, they forget about this innate internal wisdom 
that their body has and this like trust that they should have within mm-hmm. themselves and this ability that they have to make decisions regarding their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And they feel like, okay, like all of my decision-making should be um, predicated by this dietary ideology that I'm following that comes first. And then I get to make decisions. No, like it starts with you. Like you are the creator of your life and your reality through, you know, the beliefs that you hold to be true and, and the actions that follow those. Um, and you know, from, from that, um, I think it's really, you know, uh, I, I mean, a perfect segue into like our, our own, our power to heal ourselves Mm -hmm. like whatever we're going through you know Mm -hmm. um whether that's mental illness physical illness and ailments um and mary i like i just i just want to turn it over to you to see just like your perspectives on um food um as medicine and you know in in a much larger sense like nature as a whole as medicine and how we can use that to um how we can use those modalities of nutrition, of food, what we're eating, what we're consuming, giving our body, and where that food is coming from as uh, modalities for for healing, not only ourselves but our communities, the planet, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Oh yeah, thank you so much for that, and I just have full body chills, like really tuning into my personal journey and I'm just so proud of myself for like continuing to be open to growth and change even if that meant I lose everyone that I may have been associated with because of x y or z yeah and I I just want to acknowledge you for that too and like like I said like that's something that I admired about you on IG it was just like you speaking your truth right and that's a super hard thing to do right like this identity that you've built around being veganism about around being vegan and all of these friends and connections and community that you've built around that right mm-hmm. to then like you know have to deal with what's going on internally of like okay well like now i'm feeling this way and i'm going to be like that's one of the basic primordial human primal fears is like being ostracized like if mm-hmm. if we don't if we're not accepted like that's death we get we get excommunicated from the community and we can like just die out in the wilderness right mm-hmm. like that's that's it so like kudos to you for you know taking that leap and overcoming stepping beyond you know this you know limiting you know this box that you had put yourself in so mm. <laughs> back to you <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. So much is coming through for me right now. Um, The thing is, is that ever since I started sharing, you know, the real and the raw on social media, um, whether I was vegan or or now more animal-based, my goal and my motive has always been to help people and, you know, help the earth and like be the best possible, most healthy human I could be so that I could show up and be in service to all of those other factors. And so bless the ones that are still so deep in the, the, misconstrued constructs of bad veganism. Um, 
what what's really coming through is when I was vegan, what I was preaching was not coming from me because at the end of the day, I didn't feel mm. amazing, but I was telling everyone that I felt amazing because that's what I was told I should feel mm. and it was best for the planet. And so it must be good for me. And like, whatever I have gas, who fucking cares? But like, the thing is, is that as humans, we are actually meant to be feeling optimal pretty much all the time unless we are like extremely ill or like dealing with some crazy like um autoimmune disease or something but other than that like especially people in our age range you know I'm 26 I think you guys are pretty much in the same age range like we should not be feeling anything other than fucking amazingly epic you know when we wake up like we should be feeling great so um you know, I think that now that I am more animal based and what I'll say is like, there's never been a more important time to get connected with your local farmers and local ranchers and, and people that are growing your food and where your food is coming from. Because let me tell you right now, the system, the food system specifically, it's going to fucking fail. And we need to be connected to where our food is coming from or else we are not going to survive. That's a fact. And it's really like actually quite terrifying and also liberating to know that the choices that we are making are going to make or break our future and, you know, either set our future children up for success or ultimate failure. And so now where I'm at being animal based is like, holy shit, I'm clear that I feel amazing. And it's actually coming from me now. It's not coming from some propaganda that's been spewed at me. It's actually just going way back to the ancient ways of how our people were living and being rooted in that. Like I'm fucking rooted and grounded on the mission to actually heal the planet. And that's through regenerative agriculture, regenerative cattle ranching, regenerate. We're here to literally regenerate the fucking soil that has been depleted from veganism and from so many years of becoming obsessed with like fucking kale and spinach that you cannot have these plants be growing year round without being sprayed. And so it's just like, oh my gosh, there's so much energy circulating and I actually recorded a video today. Like I was just out in the sunshine, literally like naked in the sun, enjoying a glass of raw milk. And I'm like, damn, I can't wait to share this because this is vitality. Like this really is. And I don't have any ulterior motive other than to like really show people that it is possible to feel amazing. And no matter what it is that makes you feel amazing, go that way, do that, like walk in that direction, you know, and be willing to humble yourself if you're not feeling amazing, but you may be attached to some sort of diet, like fucking drop all of that and drop into your body. Because once you're in the body, the body's not going to misguide you. And so I would say like literally throw away any like extremist viewpoints and start diving into like the real truth of where your food is coming from. Because at the end of the day, no one is walking away without blood on their hands in this lifetime. And so many more animals and creatures are killed through the acts of growing vegan foods than actual animals are being killed for, you know, humane ways of consumption. So that's like, that's a fact. And when the, when the blindfold is off, 
to where where our future is going and where like the media is trying to lead us in terms of veganism, it's actually terrifying. And I'm so grateful to see so many other people that were vegan waking up to the ancestral path again. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it's like, I used to follow so many people that were vegan and now pretty much 99% of them have taken the turn towards more ancestral approaches. And that's incredible because it's like, once you actually see what the body is capable of when you're not um, neglecting it from these like, you know, fat soluble food items, you're going to feel amazing. And we're all here, here to really heal with each other. And if we don't take into account like what's happening to our soil, oh my gosh, no life will exist. No life on this planet will exist. And that is so sad. And so it's really time to take our power back and like really drop into the importance of, of good ways of growing food and sourcing food. I couldn't agree more. And that's such a powerful message to um, a lot of the women out there as well. And so I wanted to turn it back to you as like, what do you suggest for someone who is a female and wants to take back their power so that they can live a more aligned lifestyle, or as you say, ancestral lifestyle. What are some things that you you would suggest to someone getting started along that path? Oh my gosh. I mean, for me, like, I know that I'm here to bear children one day. And so I want to prepare my body as best as I can to have the healthiest children as possible so that we can continue mm, um, catalyzing this new future for ourselves. And some women may not ever want children and that's okay. But I guarantee that if you do consume, you know, high quality fats and, and stop fearing them, you're going to feel better regardless. So whatever the motive is, is like everyone deserves to feel amazing. And I will say like my, I always, you know, talk about like fertility codes, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a fertility code. Like, here's what you need to do to be fucking fertile. And I say that because I've earned it. Like, I'm super fertile. And I know this because of my body signals every single month. And, um, you know, specifically my cervical mucus during my window of ovulation, when I was vegan, I would maybe notice it like once or twice a year where I'd have like the really sticky cervical um, mucus during ovulation, which is ultimately what you need to have the sperm survive inside the body to procreate. And so I would only notice that from time to time when I was vegan. Now, eating more ancestrally, um, every single month, I am experiencing like the most abundant cervical mucus ever. And I, I'll like send photos of it to my friends and they're just like, Mary, like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, yo, like I'm eating probably a pound of butter a week. That works for me because I'm highly active. Okay. I'm not like suggesting everyone go and eat a pound of butter a week, but I only cook in animal fats. I do not cook in like coconut oil or olive oil anymore because to me, like, yeah, they're healthy fats, but animal fats are superior hands down. And the bioavailability of them 
are also superior. So it's like just little changes like that and getting high quality grass fed butter is a game changer for health and for hormones and um, for energy levels. So I would say don't try for women specifically. Like it's not about being skinny. It's not about being thin. It's not about your like it's not about any of that. It's really about how nourished you feel, how at home in your body you feel. We should be consuming meals that after we eat them, we're feeling satisfied and amazing, not like bloated or guilty or anything. So when you're eating foods that are coming straight from the earth, you get to feel that way because it's been earned. It's been earned. Your care for where your food is coming from is earned when you actually care. So, you know, there are farmers markets across the United States, across the entire world. And people, farmers and ranchers that are doing things in a good way are always more than willing to talk to you. And so I really invite everyone listening to this podcast. I don't care where you live. I don't care if it's snowing right now. Get out to your farmer's market. Go talk to the people that your food is coming from. I guarantee it's going to shift your entire perspective of how you're viewing food and how food is sitting inside of your body. Another thing is like being intentional with how you are cooking your food. Like take time away from your phone when you're cooking your food. Turn on some good music, you know, light the, light the candles. Like make it a prayer when you're cooking your food. And then when you sit down with it, get off your phone. Absolutely. Put your phone away when you're, you are sitting with your food because it's a time of prayer. And I really like to take like 30 seconds to a minute every single time before I I eat my food. And I just like bless it up. Thank you to all the farmers, the ranchers, the land, the animals, the hands and the hearts that have brought this food to my plate. Bless this beautiful meal. May it nourish my body and every single cell so that I may continue to thrive in my life. It's all about the intention in every single breath of how we're living. So be intentional, be loving, be mindful when you're consuming food, when you're buying food. And that's it. I love that. That's so simple and easy to follow. And I love what you said about letting your preparation of the food you're about to eat be a prayer be a ceremony and having an intention about each step along the way you know in my experience of that i noticed i i burned food less and it's not like i like i used to like in college when i would just like put something on and then go back to my phone and get distracted i go look in the kitchen and there's smoke <laughs> you know and then when you're in the process and in the dance with the food that you're cooking and you're putting your intention into each step of the process, it's so much more nourishing. There's a different taste. There's a different energy to it. And I think it's also important that we chew our food, you know, just the process of mastication is going, going to help it digest and assimilate better. And when we're distracted, we're not chewing as much. And then when we're not chewing as much, we don't get, full as quick and then we end up overeating and you know I I notice when I chew more I don't eat as much and I get full quicker um so being in the practice of being intentional with our our cooking and our eating that's that's a great great message 
So thanks for sharing that. All, all of these things are really actionable that everyone listening can, can uh, take action towards today. So thank you for that. Yeah, and you were mentioning, you said something about fertility. I want to dive into that a little bit because I think that's a super valuable topic to discuss um even for men like all like if if you're a man who's in a relationship with a woman or you have a, a partner who is a woman like you should be like it, it should just be commonplace to be able to discuss topics around like menstruation cycles birth control all of that type of stuff and fertility in general and you know a topic that's been coming up in my social circles recently is this the topic of of birth control and how it is such a um, abomination of a hormone disruptor and just just wreaks havoc on not just the the women's bodies who are are taking it you know from the ages of who god knows how young women are are put on birth control to a relational level as well as we're finding out now that the pheromones that we each as you know humans put off and emit that attract potential mates, those are misinterpreted by the female that is on birth control. Like the the birth control makes it so that she can't actually smell like a, a potential mate who, you know, she is actually truly attracted to. And we're finding that like when women are getting off birth control, they're actually not attracted to the partners that they're with. So and I'm sure that you've, you've heard all about this. And I, you know, you've obviously dove into this, you're not on birth control, probably haven't been for a while and really focused on fertility, because you know, and you're rooted in that truth that like, you are destined to bring life onto this plane of existence, right? Like you are here to birth the next generation and, and be a matriarch of and steward of the future of the planet. So I would love to hear your perspectives on on the topic of fertility, birth control, and, and just uh, any wisdom you can give anybody uh, listening there, I think would be incredibly valuable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, um, you know, it's so interesting because when, when I was vegan, I... So I, when I went vegan, I was on birth control, actually. Uh, I was on the pill, luckily only for three years. I mean, there are some women that have been on it for 15, 20 years. And who like, there's so much that I could say about it. Um, but like, when I went vegan, and then I got, I was, I got off of birth control. Cause it was just like, I just woke up to like, wait, why? Okay. I remember this is hilarious. And this is, goes to show like veganism served a purpose in my life, a very beautiful purpose, because I remember one of my best, my best friends was like, Hey, did you know that those birth control pills have milk in them? I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, Oh no, I gotta get off of this. Like that was literally the main reason, but bless. Like I was like, all of all of our entire the timeline of our lives leads us to exactly where we need to be. And when I got off birth control, I wish that I had done more research before getting off birth control. Like, if you're going to get off birth control, you need to be supporting your body for six months to a year before you get off of it, instead of just cutting it cold turkey. Because when you cut it cold turkey, your liver is just like, holy shit, what do I do with the 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 
all of the bullshit chemicals that have been dumped inside of me, how am I actually going to process these now? I mean, it, it throws our body into complete shock when you get on birth control and when you get off birth control. So I was experiencing a ton of acne and, um, luckily I was able to regulate my cycle pretty quickly. I just dove deep into like, um, naturopathic remedies and things like that. But the only thing that actually helped my acne was going animal-based. No matter how clean I was eating on a vegan diet, that wasn't the way because clearly my hormones really needed animal products. So like in terms of birth control, they are trying to take away all of our faculties, all of our power. And one of the main ways they do that for women is putting them on birth control. I mean, it changes our entire genetic makeup. People should be enraged at this. Like, seriously. Like, once you know, once I found out, I was like, I'm fucking pissed because I didn't know any of this. And I wish I did. And it's taken me so long to actually get to a place where, holy shit, my, I'm having healthy stools finally. And, like, I'm, like, ovulating frequently. And I'm actually bleeding, you know, on a consistent basis. And so – there are tons of different types of birth control, but I would say if you can take your cycle into your own hands, it's going to change your entire life. And I don't mean just if you want to get pregnant or you don't want to get pregnant. Like if you're not connected to your body, nothing is going to be aligned in your life. I'm telling you, like you are going to be constantly feeling like you're drowning in life, no matter how much money you have, no matter how many friends you have, no matter how much sex you're having, you're going to feel fucking empty if you're not connected to your body, because this is our source of empowerment in this lifetime. <laughs> so I would say to that, females literally bring all of life into this world. We are so powerful and so fucking profound. And for them to try to take that away from us by putting us on some pill that literally wreaks havoc on, on our entire system is a war on humanity. Wow, that's powerful. And the crazy part is that they sell women the story to going to help reduce your acne. This is something that's totally changing the, the whole biophysiology of women, of what's going on inside their bodies, right? You tweak one system, you tweak them all because they're all interconnected. This is all because we want to outsource our fertility to a doctor or to a pill so that we don't have to take responsibility anymore and we could be irresponsible over our mm -hmm. body, right? And I'm seeing a lot of that, you know, with unintentional sex and poor choices of the partners you know and sure I think it does serve a purpose otherwise it wouldn't be here right I think if you truly want to be self-sovereign take control over your health and really listen to your body your body would tell you this is not what I want this is not what I need I can't speak too much on this because I'm not a woman but you know for the men out there being intentional with how you choose your partners and take responsibility for that because that is also very powerful. You are also very powerful, all of the men out there. I mean, I think that's like extremely Im important to, to mention. And I think like there's, there's an entire episode just on 
the intentionality and you know everything that goes into being more intentional with the partners we choose, how to actually attract a partner um, that is right for us and you know self-worth and relationship with self and all of that that leads to the attraction of all great things in one's life. But that's, yeah, I mean, beautiful, beautifully put both Mary and CJ, I think from the feminine perspective and, and the masculine mm. perspective. And to just kind of just bring this to like a very, I feel like grand closure, Mary, yeah, obviously you're, you're a very powerful, opinionated, visionary woman. And I, I just want to hear from you, your, your perspective on just the, the feminine's role in the healing of the planet and how the masculine can, can hold space for that to happen. <laughs> I'm like literally going to cry over here, guys. This is so beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the brothers, the beautiful, safe, powerful, profound, deeply listening brothers. I'm so grateful for all of the powerful men in my life and all of the safe men in my life. Like we need each other, the masculine and the feminine. We really need each other and we thrive together and we're really here to co-create together. And so let us never forget that. Let us work together to be the best we can be. CJ, thank you so much for your, your take on, on all of that. And um, yeah, that's, I feel like that needs to be an entire other podcast. Um, but for me, you know, as the feminine, I really get to just like root into the earth and be feminine, be feminine. I don't need to be hustling all the time. And that's another thing that they're trying to like the boss, babe, the boss bitch, like this like, okay, yes, work hard, work hard at what you want, but you do not have to run yourself into the ground for anyone. My intention here on this earth is really to be in service as much as I can. And that means like literally having an unconditionally loving heart. And the only way I can do that is by loving myself. And the only way I can love myself is by nourishing myself through my community, through my people, through the food I'm consuming, through the media that I'm ingesting. Anything else other than that doesn't allow me to be open, doesn't allow me to be receptive. And the, the, the feminine, the queen, she is the oracle. She really is. We're so intuitive. Of course we are. I mean, we get to have this divine channel that brings life through. Of course, we're going to be so intuitive. As our men, we have different intuitive channels. Men's channels are, you know, more like guided on the primal path to protect and provide. Whereas women get to love and nurture and just be in the flow and sing and dance and play and like let people know that they're loved through our nurturing essence. And um, that's, that's what I'm here to do is really drop into the feminine, really drop into like, okay, yes, I'm here to love. And yes, I'm here to fucking fight because we're in this together. Right. So like we fight side by side and we have our roles and um, it's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. I'm, 
I don't know where my life is going to take me, but I know that my mission, my mission is really massive and I can't do it alone. So like just gratitude for this opportunity to be here on this podcast with you guys and to know that we're all walking the path for literally like the betterment of humanity. It's amazing. I'm so proud of us. Thank you, Mary. It's an honor to have people like you that are empowering other women to take back their power, take back their sovereignty, and not be afraid to be feminine, not be afraid to step into their their true essence. You know, I know Brian and I, we both have a lot of powerful women in our life, and it inspires us to step into our masculine and hold that space. Um, so it's it's truly an honor. Yes, as challenging as it may be sometimes, CJ, to, to be rooted in the masculine. <laughs> and like being in a, a conscious relationship with a powerful ass woman is one of the most, if not the most difficult thing I've ever um, committed to in my entire life. And my ego fucking hates it. <laughs> and that is, that is something that I was always a denier of. Like, no, like as I started my spiritual path, like, yeah, no, like I don't have the ego. Like there's no ego here. Like I'm all love and light. And geez, um, yeah, over the last like 12 months, uh, that has been proven to be not the case. I have a massive ego and what a beautiful thing because anything that serves to create pain, problems, suffering, um, and struggle on this plane is in service to a higher good, to awaken consciousness and to awaken something far greater than the illusion that, you know, these, what we've been talking about, these labels, these identities, uh, and all of these things that serve to cause separation and, and suffering. Mary, this has been incredible. Uh, I cannot wait for people to hear all of the nuggets and all of the wisdom that you shared. I think um, truly, you know, has the potential to be, you know, a, a podcast like that, Aubrey Marcus and, and Paul Saladino podcast for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. so many things in this podcast, so many points we touched on, I feel like have the potential to um, really embody the entire mission that we have for this podcast. And that's to shift people's paradigms. So I think we accomplished that with this episode and I couldn't be more grateful to have you on and to call you a sister. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for joining us. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. And um, for anyone, you know, who wants to stay connected, the best way to find me, the, the platform that I am on the most is Instagram. It's just Mary, M-A-R-Y underscore Morrison, M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N. Um, I keep it really raw on there and I always will I will continue to do so um and yeah I just look forward to to connecting and, and continue to weave in the ways that we're meant to you know do so in this lifetime